From Good Shepherd Auditorium near Inwood Hill Park in New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and this is Live and Local. It's our podcast dedicated to showcasing the musicians of Upper Manhattan. We talk with them about what they do, and best of all, listen to them perform live on one of our favorite uptown venues. Today, we are excited to speak with local musician Annette A. Aguilar. Annette is a multi-percussionist, recording artist, producer, and band leader. She was born in San Francisco into a family from Nicaragua and currently resides in New York City. She began playing music at the age of 11, and by the time she turned 16, she was sitting in and performing with renowned Latin artist Santana, Kyle Jader, Sheila E, to name a few. She has led her Latin Brazilian jazz group, Annette A. Aguilar and String Beans, since 1992, and has released three albums to wild acclaim. She, with her band, has toured three times as Latin Jazz Ambassadors for the U.S. Department of State and has also toured and shared the stage with many top New York City pop, jazz, and Latin groups including Darlene Love, The Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, Tito Puente, The Grateful Dead, and many others. She has worked on Broadway, including Paul Simon's The Cape Man, Smokey Joe's Cafe, and In the Heights. She's also earned her bachelor's in music performance from San Francisco State University and a master's performance from Manhattan School of Music and in music education at Lehman College, City College of New York. Ms. Aguilar has always been involved in nurturing the next generation of musicians and ran a music program for youth in the South Bronx for 20 years, in addition to serving on the faculties of the Jazz Power Initiative, Jazz and Lincoln Center, Celia Cruz High School of Music, and Lehman College. We are thrilled to have her here play live for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, Annette A. Aguilar.
Well, thank you so much, Annette. It's good to see you. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, hey. thank you, Aaron. You betcha. Slamming. So you, can you tell us what you just played for us? What I just played for you guys? Well, the first one was like a rumba with the three congas, uh, the three uh, one tuba, dora, sumba, super tumba. Um, a little rumba there. It's some uh, some fundamental, rudimental, melodic uh, strolls and lots of things that I've learned from. Uh, people like Mongo and Giovanni Hildaldo and um, many people I listen to, of course, Ray Barreto, and of course, one of my favorites all time, uh, Jerry Gonzalez from the South Bronx. So that was all integrated in there. And then the, the second piece, I, I sat on the, the box, which is the cajon, it just means box, cajon is box in Spanish, right? And um, did a little like some Brazilian stuff, like a, some bayon rhythms, a little samba, partido alto, the Afro-Brazilian stuff, and a little, another little salidor from the rumbas of the Afro-Cuban, from the Cubans, that. Mm. And then, of course, the third one was from my pandero, which is a Brazilian instrument. Well, we all know this as a tambourine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, in Brazil, which they're getting ready for carnival that, right now, they have a pandero. So I designed this with, uh, with an amazing architect, and it's called the AAA model, the AAA skinny. It's got brass and all that. It's a beautiful instrument. It's very hard to play, but uh, I played the little samba, a little you know, twirl, a little thumb rolls, and all that stuff for you guys, and all the sounds, because you guys are cool. <laughs> well, we all know <laughs> what that AAA model stands for, I think, very easily. Uh, well, if I'm just going to get right down to it. What I most appreciate about you and the, is the efforts you make to bring Latin, Brazilian jazz, and world music to the northern Manhattan community um, and beyond. Uh, you know, I, not that this is an award ceremony or anything, but I think credit is, <laughs> I'm, I'm all about giving credit where I think credit is due. And I mean, from stages to street corners, you're there. I feel you're an incredible ambassador for music and music in this neighborhood. Uh, and, it, and it goes far beyond just trying to get a gig. Uh, I feel right. like, you know, if, if, and so I think you do an amazing job representing the music in this community. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, as you know, it's, it's about bring, giving it to the people. Yeah. It's like food. You got to feed people. <laughs> And, you know, we were talking about this when I started doing the Bodega Pop-Ups. You say you do Bodega Pop-Ups. You, you hang out and uh, literally in front of bodegas and play. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like... And these aren't people going to jazz at Lincoln Center. No, they will not get on the train. They're sitting there playing dominoes. And, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're good guys. They're good fellas. I mean, not specifically good fellas, fellas, fellas. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you Made know, men. it's neighborhood. It's like the block on Dykeman Street. It's like I decided, like, of course, you're doing the pandemic, the same thing that you were doing. I just said, you know what? You just have to do it. And, and, and as arts educators and administrators and producers, you have to make it happen. You can't wait for somebody to say, well, I'll let you know if you can do. We're doing it here. They love it. They appreciate it. And then the whole neighborhood would, would be coming and, you know, and, and, and it's really nice to have the Bodega guys come up to I love your music so much. It's it Latin jazz, you know. Would you say, my gracias, papi, todo para ustedes, you know. And then everybody else bring their kids and stuff and did Halloween stuff. And, you know, during Halloween, they had, the Bodega guys, man, they'd be 
showing up with the, all the candies and the kids were all there. It was so much fun. It's just, just got to make it happen. And, and you know this better than I do. And, uh, you know, I mean, you understand what that means. <laughs> just do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it just, just, like I said, it's being a self-starter. And it's, and it's not just, it's not just the act of doing it because you can, t- you, you can bring out talent. You can hire people to play. It's more along the lines of recognizing where there's a need and recognizing where, you know what, um, you know, it's the same thing when you're doing people saying, well, why did you, why do people, why are you bringing Hamlet out in the park for people in Inwood or the South Bronx or wherever? And everyone's seen Hamlet. Well, you know what? Not everybody's seen right. Hamlet. Right. Thank you. Right. And same as like, right. well, everyone's heard the music of Tito Puente. Not I don't think so. Not every, not everybody. Um, you know, and so that's, you know, that's a major thing that you're doing. And so I'm saying like, it's rec. It's, it's so that's, that's part one is recognizing it. And like I said, we do share that in the sense of like, you know, okay, well, <laughs> you look around over both shoulders, there's nobody there going to do it. So guess who's going to do it? Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> but the thing is though, it's not a labor. It's what it's, 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 passion. it's passion and it's recognized. And so I would say tip of the hat, if I had one to you, if I had a ski hat on like you do, um, I do that. Well, I'd have a Bengals hat on Bengals, though, yeah. cause you're a 49ers <laughs> fan and I'm a Bengals fan. But, but uh, uh, anyway, um, but, uh, but you're long, long time in Wood resident and Washington yeah. Heights resident over 30 years in the community. And, you know, I think part of that, you know, part of that story comes from like an investment and to to carry on the sports analogy, you know, I grew up in the era, you know, the big red machine where you'd see Johnny Bench and Pete Rose at your supermarket. Right. And so I think, you know, you're one of the Johnny Benches and Pete Roses of our neighborhood where it's like, how cool is that to say you saw Annette Aguilar play um, at a bodega or you've seen her at Cabrini Shrine or you see her at an Inwood Artworks event or wherever and then you could run into yeah. her on the subway coming home from a gig or you see her in the supermarket at Seatown. I mean, I oh, think C-Town. I think that's very special that, um, you know, we, we've, you, we've created this community of usual suspects that uh, are recognized for like, you know, you know, it's tangible. It's not just, you know, music shouldn't be something that you have to have a distance from. It should be something that, uh, or art in general, it should be something I feel it's very accessible to, and you do that. Yeah, I think it's important to like, you know, um, you know, to, to share the music with people and get people involved. I, I started doing these drum circles. You know, I, I started that in Hill Park via Sally Fisher, rest, rest her soul, and Chris Whitney. And to bring people want to be a part of it. You know, you just, you just don't want to stand on a stage and think you're Mick Jagger. You know, it's like get people involved. I started doing that and just recently we're doing, especially now, I mean, we started and you were continuing your work as well during the pandemic. It's, it's like good for mental health to people to meditate, to play drums, to have them involved. And that's, that's one thing that I actually have been doing more so to uh, like, I just started doing that recently at Trinity Church, getting drum circles, then having people play with the band. And, uh, and it's funny what you say. I mean, we, we, you know, we, we bring it to our community because, you know, we're not, this is not Broadway. We're, you know, uh, the Vanguard is not on Dykeman Street, you know. <laughs> we create our Vanguard, you right. know. And, and that's, what's, that's what's really important. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And well, let's go back to the beginning. You started playing at the age 11 and you 
racked up some super nice people to play with by the time you're in your teens. Yeah. Um, to get there, did you have a mentor or family member that no. pushed you, or just you kind of went on your own, did it? In terms of a musician? Yeah. Not technically in my family. There was no musicians. It's more of these sports people. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad played soccer, you know, but uh, I mean, my brothers, it was, it was the community. Yeah. I was in San Francisco between Noe Valley and the Mission, you know, and all the groups that were playing, you know, Santana had just came out and that was huge for the, for the Latinos. You know, my parents are both from Nicaragua and I'm a first generation uh, immigrant, uh, but, um, and it was just there. It was in the churches. They had workshops in the churches. They had my uh, friend, my childhood friend, Carl Peraza, who still plays with Santana. He's been with them, Santana for 25 years. I met him when he was nine, and we were playing in a drum, you know, drum set together. I was 10, he was nine, and we're playing. And, and then people are playing in the park. Santana's playing Presida Park. Uh, this whole thing, and then when we get into high school, go see we started, everybody was playing, and, and then I got to go, uh, one thing was, um, and I, th I didn't really, it was just what was in the air, and my brother got into music, well, we're talking when we were kids, as kids, and then, you know, late, later, as a teenager, we started our own bands. I started a band when I was 11, we just created a band, and then started creating a band when I was 16, and it was just, and there's a lot of people who have, you know, they have their parents as musicians. I mean, Sheila did. I mean, Sheila Escovito. I mean, I always known her as Sheila Escovito, but she was like her family, Peter Escovito, who played with Carl Santana, amazing musician from, from, from Oakland. And her mother and that family, I, I, I had a, a community friend would take me over to Sheila's house and we would just start playing. And but she was amazing. I mean, she... You know, her dad, when she was around it all the time, I mean, I didn't specifically have somebody in my house, you know, showing playing drums. It wasn't like I had my grandmother making homemade tortillas and bread and pescalo and singing pescalo, you know. <laughs> so it was that community influence then that really brought you yes. into it. And community then, uh, influence. And then you had, uh, I mean, not too bad to have, you know, your buddy Sheila E.'s dad showing you stuff and, and, <laughs> no. tri and trickling down and, and hanging out in the park with Santana. Um, but so what you're making these bands up in your teenagers like did it did it click to you at any time going like okay like did you have the bug for that? like this is what I want to do because careers are weird like kids want to be astronauts they want to yeah. be firemen they want to be like their parents um teacher or whatever else is like did you kind of like did, was was there like a moment to yourself you're like this is the path for me yeah because I started I started gigging when I was 16 in the mission so you were sure then that early? I, I knew, you know, I bought my first car. That's some severe, that's some crazy self-awareness. You know, when I was 17, 18. But what was really important for me was when I was 16, I went to go see the San Francisco, San Francisco Symphony. And Elaine Jones was playing timpani, which was really, she just passed away. The first black woman to play in a, a major symphony orchestra, or probably one of the first uh, African-Americans playing in a major symphony orchestra. Shizawa was conducting, and my teacher brought us to this, to this uh, performance. And even though I was working and I was playing and I was you know, studying, and I was young, I was 16, you know? I'm like, I looked at her and I looked at, I didn't look at her as, I just looked at her as a musician. 
And um, I'm like, if I want to be a good musician, I got to know what they're doing up there. Because I was surrounded by Sly and Family Stone, Grateful Dead, I love James Brown, I love soul music, the stylistics, I love rock and roll, I love Led Zeppelin. I mean, you know, I loved all these groups. And, and I played in, in, in rock and roll bands and I, I you know, cause I started playing drum set as a kid was really, the drum set was really my first instrument. But the conga came to me because of the community, because of Santana and all the Latinos. But to work, I'm not gonna, you know, go sit in an orchestra if I just don't know what the hell I'm doing, reading and what the conductor's doing. The versatility is what, and being educated. So I know, I mean, I did tell, when I told my mother, I said, well, I'm gonna go to, to college, I'm gonna go to San Francisco State, and I'm gonna be a music major. She wasn't too thrilled about it, you know. Um, I'm happy you're going, Mahani, to, to school for, you know, the college, but the music? Esa cosa que estás tocando que se vuelve para tu mano. I said, Mom, you know, I'm going to play something else. You know, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the drum. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I said, yeah. I became a versatile percussionist and started studying with everybody. But I got into the classical music, orchestral music in undergrad, you know. And, and, um, and I had my groups, but... I was playing a lot of marimba and vibes and doing all these things and really studying. And then my, I came to New York in, in the mid-80s to, to check out the schools. And I went to Juilliard. I went over there. But then I went to Manhattan School of Music. And I find it was more versatile. Because at the time, Juilliard, at that time, Juilliard didn't have any jazz. Not that I was a jazz major, but they didn't have diversity. So um, I prepared to get into Manhattan School of Music. And it was really good because later on, being that I played with the big band in Manhattan School of Music, and later on I got to play for Dizzy Gillespie's 70th birthday with Puente, with uh, Randy Brecker, who actually did a gig with, with uh, was a guest artist in my band last year at Hostel's Community College, I mean, Hostel's Performing Arts Center. And just a plug, we'll be there back there March 25th with some great soloists. March 25th, 8 o'clock, but um, I just, you know, I, it was just that variety that brought me, you know, I could, uh, but education is really important, and your teachers, because this teacher in high school was a really cool guy. He brought me to see San Francisco Symphony, and then he took us to go see Serpico, and I loved that movie, and I fell in love with Al Pacino. That's my guy. It's also man. had a cool soundtrack to it, by oh the way. Oh, my God, right? man. I mean, those teachers. And then I had a teacher when I was a, in the sixth grade, even though I played around with the drums when I was seven. He came to the classroom, and these are both guys. You know, they were great guys. He came in with a smile on his face with the drum pad. What would you like to play? I said, I want to play the snare drum. So supportive. That's why, you know, after I graduated, I got my master's in Manhattan School of Music, I said, I didn't want to get a doctorate in, in performing arts. I said, I, I thought later after I was touring all this, that's a whole story, that's a whole, I wanted to get, I got a second master's in education because it's very important. I mean, you could be a, a musician, but you really have to know how to deal with what kids want yeah. and what you got to be, we got to feed them first. Don't have no program if you ain't going to have pizzas and snacks, right. man. Come on. Yeah, well, I was going to save that for later, but I think it's a good put, 
place to talk about it now because, I mean, you, by being an educator, like you've had these examples in your life who t- turning you on yeah. and showing you, listen, you, all you can do is open the door, right? They got to walk through it. Um, but, uh, you know, you try to instill your stu- in your students, you know, the same thing, you know, they might find their own way yeah. by your example. Um, so yeah. just, just curious if you have any advice for those students out there who are struggling to find their own way. Follow your passion. Um, you have to do the work. And, and even if you're doing another job, like say you're a technician or you become an IT person, you can still do your music. I mean, there's a lot of musicians, a lot of young kids who well, just want to play music and make a living off that. It's hard to do the math. It's hard to make a living as a musician. However, these days it's very different because you can be your own entrepreneur. You can sell things, make money of doing all. There's a whole world out there with the Internet, with all this information. Practice your instrument. Be, be a good player first. Know how to play. Study every day. And look up to and respect people who know more than you do and be with people who know more and take advantage of all these things. But you have to work. You know, you have to work some type of job if you're not making it. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not a good player. It means that you're being responsible, taking care of bills. And don't go to a school that that you're going to be in debt with loans. You know, Cooney is a great school to go to. I mean, if, if they give you a scholarship, go. Don't, there's a lot of students who think, I have to go to Berkeley. But Berkeley's going to cost you an arm or leg unless they give you the bread. Yeah. You know, because you know how it is. You don't want to be saddled by you, your creativity stifled by, you know, having to work a second shift at uh, wherever it is. You know, it's, uh, that's, that's probably, yeah. I'm the son of two teachers. And I can tell Ooh. you right now that, um, you know, the worst thing we can do to a young person is saddle them with debt. Um, yeah. When, 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 when you don't have money. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, 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 it should be like later. It's like, it's funny. We get all our money towards it later in life. The idea, if we live so long to see the social security, we don't have anything for the people who are young, who are starting That's out to right. do things in life. I know so, those poor anyway, souls. I'm not going to get into a social uh, welfare program here, well, no, but, no. but, but as an art lifelong artist, like you are, we both had the similar paths in the sense that like we've never stopped. The trains always kept the rolling, no, it, and uh, and that's always been you know the hardship of like paying off your undergrad, then paying off your master's, paying off your second master's, and you know right. there's there's help along I the way, but, but it's always like it's always <laughs> like you know how old am I going to be? My grandchildren will be, <laughs> you know what I mean, kind of thing. But anyway, I won't get in the I won't, I won't dig us in that that that, that hole. But um, but that's those are thank you so much for sharing that because you've you've. You've seen a lot, and you've taught many, uh, and I no, think those are really good pearls of wisdom. Um, and you went back talking about that Dizzy Gillespie when you were younger and stuff like that. And of course, you get, as I mentioned in your um, bio, you know, you played with Darlene Love, oh, Stevie yeah. Wonder. Um, I mean, a gig's a gig. But have you ever been kind of starstruck by anybody you've played with? Um, I mean, when we got to sit in with Stevie, I was with Castleberry and Dupre and Toshi Regan. It was for the March on Washington, uh, for the homeless now. And um, that was in the late 80s. And I saw, there were so many people who came to that gig. I saw um, Coretta Scott King. And I looked at this beautiful woman, oh my God. I was like. Well, that's starstruck. And you don't have to play with them to be starstruck. People coming to your gig, you'd be starstruck about, for sure. She was in the backstage sitting there. I go, 
Dionne Warwick was there, and then we all got on and played, and I got to play with, with uh, we got to play with Stevie, and Toshi was there, Toshi Regan, gosh, she's amazing. Her mother, Bernice Johnson Regan, um, I was very fortunate to work with them with The Temptation of St. Anthony with her music and uh, directed by Robert Wilson, who was pretty interesting we got to, to meet. He was, you know, he was a big star, you know. Um, big time director. Yeah, he was cool. I mean, he's meticulous. You know, we were in Paris for five weeks. That was some gig. But, and then we were in Warsaw. And I remember we all hung out and we always, you know, stayed out late in the hotel, you know, <laughs> closing the town. And he was hanging out. So that was, yeah, Star Trek, yeah. Um, not, I mean, I, I never really kind of like, you know, it's just like certain people like, one time, there were not really artists. I remember Angela Davis came to our gig at La Pena with Casper Dupre and Tosha Regan. And she came in because she was a fan of, you know, Casper and Dupre, the group that I, that I was with in the late 80s who won the best uh, contemporary reggae album on the independent label. Um, um, it was an uh, independent label uh, industry. And she came there, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and she comes backstage and talks, Oh, Judith, I really love you. I says, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, you got a lot of stories, I'm sure. You, all the gigs you have. One thing that we, um, I'll just mention tangentially, I know, well, I don't think this will be at the top of your list, but just because you're a proud San Franciscan um, and you played rock bands too, I would think that, uh, you know, you played briefly with the Grateful Dead on a gig, didn't you? I did. That had to be kind of a, literally, quote unquote, a trip. I should have worn my mask. <laughs> Exactly, like I said, a trip in many ways. A trip, was, in, a trip in every key, right? Oh, my God. You know, it was like five percussionists who were playing with the Grateful Dead. It was Fat Tuesday, 1995. It was the last gig that I think it was, I, I believe that was Jerry uh, Garcia's last gig in, in the Bay Area. It was in Oakland, the Oakland Coliseum. And I, you know, I mean, the dead, you know, you're in the Bay Area, there's the dead, okay? I mean, I wasn't like a, you know, a follower, but everybody liked the dead. It's part of the fabric it's of the community. It's probably, this is what it I is, you know, on. and I see all these skeletons, and I'm like, yeah. okay. And I come up, the minute I go into the, the dressing room with the Mickey Hearts, so I'm like, boom, oh my God, freaking <laughs> pot. I mean, I know we're in California, but Poppy, you know. <laughs> it was like, like, and we. That might be my last gig here. I was like, no, it was cool, you know. No, I didn't, I didn't. I was like, okay, I know. And, and, and we got on the stage. It was so amazing. I mean, I could see why people are deadheads, you know. And then Jerry Garcia gets up there, and he's, like, looking at us, you know. And, like, and um, the band, they, they have this certain beauty of some vibe that's, like, really pretty cool, you know. That was, that was really good to do a gig like that and to... Yeah. And Mickey Hart's pretty cool. I mean, he's a great drummer. You know, he's a, you you know, it's like to do what they do and the work that they have done is amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, he's not Buddy Rich, but that's not, you know, Buddy Rich is just screaming at everybody. But <laughs> Mickey Hart's not screaming at you. He's going to be, do that, do that, you know, I mean. Good times, for sure. Well, speaking of your hometown, um, you were honored by, I think, 2015, yeah. um, including in a large mural with 
Speaking of, a lot of other Latin jazz musicians from the Bay Area and veteran broadcaster, right, Mr. Gutierrez. Uh, for uh, for what for our West Coast listeners, the mural is in the historic Mission District on 24th Street and South, right? Uh, South Ness. South Ness. Uh, I mean, what an honor, right? And uh, you know, must hold a special place in your heart. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty uh, amazing to be part of the the mural. The mural is, uh, is in, in um, honoring Chata Guterres who was a radio broadcaster in the Bay Area, as, as Aaron mentioned, who did salsa, Afro-Cuban, you know, Latin jazz. And six drummers were chose to be on this, uh, the, la, la rumba no para, that means the rumba doesn't stop. And I'm there with John Santos, the great um, John Santos, who I, he's like a brother. And, you know, my brother was part of his band, Tipico Sinfuegos, in the 80s, late 70s, 80s, and opened up for people as los, like Los Papines, and all, and but John is like an—he's an icon. And then, of course, um, um, somebody who I followed as a kid, which was Raúl Rico, a conga player, who played with Carlos Santana for 38 years. He's probably the signature rock and roll conga player, and that sound for Santana. He passed, unfortunately. He passed a month after the inauguration of that mural. That mural, it was inaugurated October, I think it was the 12th or the 10th of uh, 2015. And then there's uh, Car Peraza, who is in Santana, still in Santana, great, one of the best timbaleros, who I was in workshop when I was 9, 10 years old at a Paris Catholic school, you know, auditorium like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we were playing, doing workshops, going, taking lessons. And then who else is that? It's me, him, and then there's Richard Segovia, who has a, an incredible, um, another great musician, uh, it was a incredible museum in his, ha- his house of all the Latin rock. Latin rock is really technically from San Francisco. And there's another drummer from the name Oscar, who's another great percussionist in that mural. So that was great. They had the inaugural. I flew out for the inaugural in 2015. Uh, it was Columbus Day weekend. I had a great time. There's an incredible Irish pub on the corner called the Tapper Nandy. My brother hangs out there. So, <laughs> and they all they all hang out there. I mean, they're they very walk, fit. And they, and they walk by your beautiful face. Oh well, you know we it's, it's, <laughs> we call it the AK Aguilar Corner because my brother Jaime is on the carnival mural on one side. My brother Jaime Aguilar, and then there's my brother. And and somebody, my half sister, told me that my father is in the mural where my brother is. Oh, cool. So we call it the AK Aguilar. Uh, <laughs> So when I come home, I sit, we, we sit out there, we have beers, oh, we go check the mural, you know. And, it, and plus in Tapper Napper, Tapper, Napper Tandy is a great uh, Irish pub, you know, yeah. with a new beer that I like, Smitwick's. Oh, Smittix. 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 They don't Irish, have man. I love it, man. We they... used to have it at Piper's back I... in the day. Um, oh. For those of you who know, Piper's is in Inwood. And then I can't find it anywhere. I can't. I had to go downtown to get it. Yeah. And you, you know who has it? Um, tortoise and hare has it up on Van Cortland. Oh, you and okay. I'll go. We'll okay, yeah. But we'll how, how about the Baki place up there? You know what? Um, I was just there on Wednesday, and they didn't have it there. Oh. Um, sometimes they do have it in a bottle, but they don't have it on draft. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Smittick's amazing. Smittick's. I, uh, it's so smooth. It's you, Liffy used to have it. Liffy Bar used to have it in the neighborhood too. Oh I yeah. Think when they got the renovation, they got rid of it, I guess. But anyway, 
Um, well, maybe uh, maybe we can get a mural painted of you in Inwood with some spinach to drink in front of me. You and, you and I can hang out in front of the mural in Inwood of you and your band, and we can hang out doing that. Um, but uh, well, speaking of, you recently celebrated 30 years of your band, String yeah. Beans, and have toured, released albums all over the place. Um, so what's ahead for you for the next 30 years? <laughs> Keeping in shape. No, um, <laughs> buying a building. Buying a building where my setup is set up and nobody moves it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Having a, a grand piano that is all set and nobody moves it. Right. And a keyboard and drums and everything and a parking space and a little calf there, there and a child care, not a, a children's room, a building. I love it. We need it you up know? here, man. And, and, and that way the people can have uh, jams and then there can be some poetries because the thing is, Speaking of 30 years of stream beings, it's gonna, you know, now we're going 31. It's like we started in the East Village in the Lower East Side. That's where the band started, you know, because we would play at the New Eureka Post Cafe where Miguel Aragon owned that building. And they had discargas on Thursday nights, you know, and, and Ruben Blaze would go down there. Ray Beretta was hanging down there. I mean, Latin jazz, as you know, is America's music. It started here. It did start here. We know it's Cuban music. It's like food. The bean is from everywhere. The noodles from China. But the Italians make some good pasta. That's what you do with it. You know, it's what you do, Poppy. Thank you. And it's like the burrito. <laughs> you know, it's like now they have uh, all kinds of different wraps. I mean, Bruni has uh, the, the, the Ethiopian wrap right. now. The burrito, I'm going to Ethiopian what? burrito. But before is exactly, right? It's like, <laughs> where are they getting that from, right? You know, it's, everyone knows that's Goya. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, and I think, you know, and, and that's, like, and you kind of bring us full circle here, you know, as we, as we, as we kind of like say goodbye, is that, you know, you, we make it our own, and you've made, um, as I kind of said before, opening up our conversations, that, you know, you've made such contributions in taking Latin and Brazilian and different kinds of world music, and then, um, you know, no doubt the neighborhood has influenced you. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so the neighborhood has shaped your music, too. And so it's like, you know, that's part of the ingredients, right? And so, and so I think that's pretty special. That it's, it's, that's forever part of the oh. string beans, right? Yeah, well, you know, I've become a quarter Dominican, practically. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I mean, I love my Dominicans. I mean, they're hardworking and of course, the Irish. I mean, the Irish everywhere. You know, you got Irish Mexicans in in Noy Valley in, in the it's, Mission. It's, it's Northern Manhattan. It's, it's Irish. Person. It's Jewish. It's Dominican. That's right. It's it's like there's no if you, you Latinos. Can, the, you know what? You can cut the pie many different ways, and the, and it's always going to move, but it's still the pie, right? It's still the, it's pie. Still the pie. And there's a lot of different La Raza here. I mean, of course, yeah. the Dominicans have been here because they worked hard. They yeah. came up here. Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, whatever. Central Veracruz. Americans, yeah. Salvadorians, Hondurans. You know, now I'm, I mean, there's not too many Nicaraguenses up here, but it, whatever, you know, but, and you have more Filipinos as, as well. Some Pinoids are up here as well, you know, but yes, it has, you know, and, and I've, you know, I cherish that and I cherish the whole neighborhood. And I think as a, a whole neighborhood, we are together. You know, we know there's some recent things that have been happening in this neighborhood that we don't like. And that's one of the reasons why I do this mindful circle piece with music, 
I mean, we, we, you know, that's when somebody gets hurt here, it hurts us. Yeah. It's not just like we're over here conveniently trying to do a gig and make a buck. It's not about that. Yeah. You know, we're beyond that, you know. And one of the reasons, yeah, sure. I People say, well, why don't you play downtown? Look at I played at the Kennedy Center. I played at the Powell Theater twice. I played at Jazz at Lincoln Center. I, I played for the president of Madagascar. I don't, you know... I'm up here because we want to bring, like, the, the Staples singer's father used to say, or the Melva Staples would say to his father, why are we playing at these bars? We bring the music to the people. You share. If somebody doesn't know anything, you don't, like, one thing in education, you don't condemn somebody for not knowing something. you just like, here, this is what we have. We're sharing it to you. We're bringing it to because... It's just like when you, it's like what you do. You build it, they will come because you can't sit there and wait for somebody to do it. You know, it's just like sometimes I teach, I volunteer sometimes at some school. If the, the funding doesn't come in, I'm still there and say, well, why are you not, you're doing this for, because if I don't teach these kids something right now and I can afford to do it, and not that I'm a rich person, because I got to get that building. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's like, I'll be like, in freaking heaven, hanging out with Miles Davis and, you know, Mongo Santa Maria, and these kids will be grandparents or great-grandparents. you got to share. Share. Do it, the money will come. The right. funds will come. The resources. You have to, you know, we all got to do the math, you know, and, and keep it going some kind of way. Couldn't agree more. You know Annette, what I'm saying? I hear you. I'm with you. Let's get that building going on. I want my Just, building. Hey. <laughs> It's been a pleasure speaking with you, my dear. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, before we say goodbye, where can we send people to find more about you and your music? Um, social media. You don't like social media? Well, that's um. I don't like taking the night bus Bronx 19 to the Bronx. AAA Beans Instagram. AAA Beans Instagram. You can email me, AguilarStringBeans at Hotmail.com. Annette A. Aguilar, Facebook. Send through Messenger. Uh, we do have some concerts coming up. You could, you can, you know, um, I'll get you on my newsletter. But that's the best thing to check in that way through email. And the, the social media is, is really easy because it gets the word out. But you know, I'm gonna be like again March 25th at Hostels Performing Arts Center. I will be with the huge band, 13 Piece, and I'm doing some things at Trinity Church. Um, in Inwood, I'm doing there something Monday, drum circle and playing, and we'll be there February 27th, March 27th. And some other things that we'll, we'll be doing, hopefully back at Cabrini Shrine. Love playing there, you know. We like playing there with the duo, with just the piano and the percussion. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, June 6th, I'll be at the uh, South Bronx uh, Culture Trail at 5.30 with a 13-piece band. That's June, I mean, June 2nd. And then June the 5th, back with Noma at the Dykeman, uh, not Run Club, the Dykeman Museum. <laughs> I went to Dykeman Run Club. Dykeman Museum, Monday for Noma. And uh, there's a bunch of other things, but I don't even know. But All right. Well, so you thank guys, you, you, have your Bobby. March, you have your marching orders to check out her social media and keep up with all the hurt. And we'll put some uh, links uh, to Nets work in the description of this episode so you guys can keep tabs on her. All right. Yeah, I'll have the website up soon. But listen, man, you're, you, you, you slammed it. My man, I'm impressed. A lot of people don't get the bio right. So I thought we did a nice picture, a nice portrait of you, right? You, you know, this is really, really good. 
Well, thank you. It's all about you. No, but, you know, a lot of people say they think I played, I toured with the Grateful Dead. I didn't tour with the Grateful Dead. You, like, you're a badass. (laughs) No, my dear. You're the badass. No, 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 honey. But, you know, a lot of people don't care. She played with the Grateful Dead. Yes, I did. I didn't tour with them. I toured with Darlene Love, though. Oh, God, she's amazing. What a voice. I was very blessed to work with her. So um, amazing. But she's still... Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Annette, thank you again. Annette Aguilar, everyone. Uh, She joined us here on this live and local episode of Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Church of the Good Shepherd here in Inwood, NYC, for hosting us, and to Heightsites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, pop-up galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And in what artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks on Air.